Hey there, welcome to Pickled Parables. This podcast is presented by Parable Ministries as a Bible teaching resource. Thank you for joining us. Pickled Parables is a podcast about taking in and living out the Bible. Here we will study, contemplate, and testify to the Bible's incredible teachings and how it leads us to live better lives. To stay up to date with all things Parable, follow us on Instagram at parable underscore ministries and visit our website at parableministries.com. We hope today's message finds you well. Well, hello and welcome to Pickled Parables. My name is Chris Luckman, and we will be looking through the book of James today. Just kind of give you a little bit of a background of who I am. Um, I already said my name is Chris, but I've been married now for almost 14 years, coming up here in the next day or so. Uh, My wife and I will be married for 14 years and together for 15. Um, I have two kids named Emmett, who's six, and Hazel, who's four, uh, lived here, been pretty much born and raised in Oregon my entire life. Um, I went to Bible college, uh, thought I was going to be a youth pastor slash music guy, ended up not really getting into the ministry, and, um, you know, here we are. Now I'm getting an opportunity to share on a podcast with y'all. Um and so I'm pretty excited to be here and pretty excited to be able to give you some information and hopefully we can learn some things together today. So um, if you haven't done so, go ahead and open up your Bibles to James chapter 1. Um, just a little bit of background while you're looking at that. Um, James was uh, kind of known as the uh, half-brother um, of, of Jesus. And he was kind of one of the early first leaders, messianic leaders, uh, uh, in, in Jerusalem, um, during this time. And, um, he lived through a lot in the 20 years that he was kind of there and he was, um, lived through some famine, some poverty, uh, and, uh, some persecution that, um, had happened here. And so, uh, as we, we look at this first verse, we can see here, it says, James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ to the 12 tribes in the dispersion greetings. Uh, and just as kind of a side note here, this is, um, not a Paul letter where Paul, um, will greet you differently. James just says, greetings. Um, And typically in letters from Paul, the way he sets it up, you know, he'll say, you know, he'll do this little exhortation where, you know, I'm here I am and I'm I'm Paul and an apostle of Jesus Christ sent by God, you know, the Lord and Savior, who is our hope. He'll do stuff like that. And greetings to you. And he'll kind of tie it all together at the end and give another, you know, just a little shout out to the churches um, that are there. So just kind of a side note on on that. Now, this is the 12 tribes that um, are uh, in dispersion. So as we know, um, Christ um, was dead and is resurrected here. And, um, you know, these are kind of some of the first early churches that are are starting. And um, he kind of gets into it right, of it, uh, right away. Let's look at verse 2. Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds. For you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. And let steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. 
those are pretty powerful verses right there for us to uh, kind of look at and, and see, because, you know, count it all joy when you meet trials of various kinds. It's not really talking about, <laughs> um, you know, someone messed up your order at Chick-fil-A um, and you didn't get, you know, your waffle fries that you were expecting to get, or you got a spicy pickle or spicy sandwich with extra pickle when you didn't want any pickle, right? It's not talking about that kind of persecution or, you know, Starbucks messed up your, your order. And instead of getting a soy latte, you got a vanilla latte, um, <laughs> that has oat milk or something like that. It's not talking about that kind of persecution at all. Right. Uh, it's talking about, you know, during this time, there was lots of actual persecution going on to where people were having to stand up for uh, their their faith. They were having to talk about uh, Jesus and who He is and why He is the King and why He is the Lord um, and why He is the, the Messiah that they had been uh, uh, looking for. James, you know, would have definitely known the Old Testament and the things that uh, uh, were said in the Old Testament from of old. And, um, you know, I don't know. I, I kind of look at him as, uh, you know, like he's the younger brother of Jesus. And I am can kind of understand a little bit of that. Um, I'm the older brother. So uh, I have a younger brother named Aaron. And uh, a lot of times growing up, I would love to kind of be a a fly on the wall, I guess, to kind of see the interaction that Jesus and, and James had uh, as brothers, just to see how Jesus would have treated uh, his brothers, which I'm sure would have been above reproach because, you know, after all, it's Jesus. Um, but I still would like to kind of see how their interactions and then to know from, you know, James's perspective how uh, Jesus Jesus was. Um and so, you know, I kind of digress here, gone a little bit of a rabbit trail, but, you know, just throwing that out there, I'd be interested to know how, from James's perspective, um, what that is. I kind of come to come back to this. Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. And let steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. Um, I kind of come to my first point here. And my first point is, is we either run away from God or we run towards him, right? We have um, some choices to make, especially when it comes to trials. We either run away from God or we run towards him. Those are the two things that I know I've seen in my own life and I've seen lots of Christians do. Psalms 55 22 says, cast your burdens on the Lord and he will sustain you. He will never permit the righteous to be moved. Psalm 62, 7 through 8. On God rests my salvation and my glory. My rock, my refuge is God. Trust in him at all times, O people. Pour out your heart before him. God is our refuge. Psalm 64, 10. Let the righteous one rejoice in the Lord and take refuge in him. Let all the upright in heart exalt. Psalms 57, 1 through 3. Be merciful to me, O God. Be merciful to me for my soul, for in you my soul takes refuge. 
In the shadow of your wings, your wings I take refuge till the storms of destruction pass by. I cry out to most, God most high, to God who fulfills his purpose for me. He will send from heaven and save me. He will put to shame him who trembles on me. God will send out his steadfast love and his faithfulness. Be exalted, O God, above the heavens. Let your glory be over all the earth. They set a net for my steps. My soul was bowed down. They dug a pit in my way, but they have fallen into themselves. That was uh, Psalms 57, 5 through 6. This is Psalm 57, 7 through 9. My heart is steadfast, O God. My heart is steadfast. I will sing and make a melody. Awake, my glory. Awake, O harp and lyre. I will awake the dawn. I will give thanks to you, O Lord, among the peoples. I will sing praises to you among the nations. For your steadfast love is great to the heavens, your faithfulness to the clouds. Be exalted, O God, above the heavens. Let your glory be over all the earth. Psalms 119, 132-33. Turn to me and be gracious to me, as is your way with those who love your name. Keep steady my steps according to your promise, and let no iniquity get dominion over me. Okay? So all of those verses point to us running to him or running away. And, you know, James would have known these verses pretty pretty heartily. He would have known um, all of these verses. He would have read them over and over and over and meditated on them and would have taught them uh, to his people. And, and we know that during this time that we need to count it all joy when we meet trials of various kinds. There's lots of things that that come up. In America, things are a lot different than they were back then. And I'll just kind of, you know, tell you a couple of things from from my perspective of how I, I was facing different trials. It's not just, I guess, persecution. It's There's lots of things that we go through on a daily basis. And one of the things that uh, recently I just had to go through was my daughter um, I had to go and have some surgery. It was supposed to be a very easy surgery and, you know, nothing was going to go wrong with it, allegedly. And um, she's supposed to just have her, her tonsils out, right? So we get up early in the morning. We do all the things that you're supposed to do to prepare for surgery, you know, not eating and drinking, which, you know, is semi-hard for a four-year-old. Because uh, the first thing my daughter really loves to do is she loves to eat first thing in the morning when she wakes up literally that first thing she says is daddy i want some breakfast and she'll usually ask me to make her some oatmeal or have her cereal or something of that nature well this morning she didn't by the grace of god so we thank god for that that he didn't do that we had a long trip from uh, where i live uh, up to portland ohsu and you know we get there we get going on it and um we get to the to the room and everything's okay up until the point to where they're just about ready to give her some medicine to be able to calm down and get ready for the actual surgery. And so there was a couple of decisions that I needed to make as her dad to um, help help her uh, so that she can be calm and, and ready for, for the surgery. And so they give her this medicine they take this little syringe that they have to get up in her nose and it's you know really kind of a traumatic experience for those of you who have kids to watch your kid 
um, scream their ever-loving head off while trying to get the medicine that they need to calm down, right? So there's like two or three other adults that come into this room. They basically have to use me as a blocker to help hold her down. So I'm literally holding her to my chest while her head is on my left shoulder. And, you know, she's fighting with everything that she's got in her just so that they can give her this um, medicine that's supposedly going to calm her down. And so, you know, that was kind of how the day started uh, with with this. And, um, you know, again, she's just getting her tonsils removed, so it shouldn't be too big of a deal. But um, she fought pretty hard (laughs) all the way through that up until uh, I was able to walk her into the uh, OR, at least up to the door uh, of the operating room. And this was at like, you know, seven in the morning. So I go out and I do my thing. I go get you know a cup of coffee or whatever. And uh, by the time I come back, you know it's you know now ten o'clock. Things are done. She's uh, in her surgery and you know everything's all good. Um, she comes out and they finally are able to get her awake enough so that I come back there. And you know she's upset and almost out of control. Her. Um, body she's just like her fight um is all there she that's all she can do is just fight that's all she's doing she wants to go home she wants what she wants and there wasn't anything that was going to calm her down and unbeknownst to us uh at the time until minutes later you know or even well it took about this process was about an hour but basically, um, she had a reaction to the anesthesia from the wake up, and it's called uh, de- delirium. And if you've never experienced a four-year-old who has delirium, it's uh, quite quite scary, you know, because basically that fight in her is all that that she can do, and that's all she can think of. She's so out of she's delirious. She's out of her mind, and she fought me for and the nurses for close to an hour. Um, at first, you know, we thought that maybe it was just related to to pain, so we gave her a little more pain medicine to help her through, um, and that didn't help. And it only seemed to increase the behaviors and increase the 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 things that are that are going on here. And so, at this time, the nurses are trying to ask me questions and trying to do this while I'm literally trying to hold on to my four year old who is doing nothing but scream crying and pushing me away and um, so much so that she like got her hair wrapped around a button on my shirt and pulled out some of her own hair you know she's like kicking and screaming trying to rip out the IV out of her um, hand and you know just all she wants to do is is to go home and again this lasted for close to an hour of not only me fighting her and her kicking and like trying to push away and get out of this situation, this, this area that, you know, they were again, asking me questions. And as a dad, it was really hard to make decisions and figure out what was best for her. Do, do I give her more medicine to try and calm her down? Do we get her just out of the situation and take her to the hospital? But the hospital has their own protocols because, you know, you can't just leave right away after you're done from surgery. You have to stay and meet these certain criteria that they have for you. And um, eventually everything kind of worked itself out to where we decided that 
we needed to get her out of that situation and get her out of her uh, own mind. And um, so we decided that we're just going to put her in a wheelchair. The nurse grabbed her up and started singing, unbeknownst to the nurse at the time, um, one of Hazel's favorite songs um, from Frozen 2. And, uh, you know, it was overwhelming and really tough for me as her dad to watch her do that and have to, to go through that. Um, you know, like I, I, I can't explain the amount of stress that was on my, my mind and my heart uh, for her. Like it just, all I could do is just feel the stress of it and tears were welling up and I couldn't like, you know, tried to be as calm for her as I possibly could, but it's hard to watch a kid go through something like that, you know? Um, and, you know, I kind of bring this back around that, you know, count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds, okay? You know, I have a choice, like I said, in that first little point. I had I could either run away from God or I could run towards Him. And in that moment, I didn't necessarily run away from God, but I didn't also run towards Him. You know, I didn't run run towards Him and ask Him for help because all I was trying to do was to help my kid, you know? And, um, I, I feel like, you know, God's heart for us is to, to always run towards him. You know, he desires us to be with him and to, uh, know him and love him. And always as some of these verses that I've already read to go to him and to be about him. Um, and I think God's heart is for us to always run to him, and especially when things are going crazy. Now, I know this isn't like a, some big persecution thing, and I know that it's not some sort of a huge faith thing. But still, during this time, God, you know, convicted me and showed me, hey, Chris, you need to run to me. If you're going to preach on these kinds of things, you're going to talk about these things, you need to actually do these kinds of things. You know, and so I just had to stop, especially on our way home, because we had about an hour and a half drive home. Um, once she finally got down to the car, you know, I just kind of let all that stress out and, uh, you know, cried a little bit on, on the way home. And uh, just because it's stressful situation to, to, again, see your kid go through that. You know, I really had to to read as Psalms 57, 3, 1 through 3 says, be merciful, God, be, be merciful to me. For my soul, I got to take refuge in you. In the shadow of your wings, I need to take refuge till the storms of destruction pass by. And I need to cry out to the Most High God uh, who fulfills your purpose. You will send from heaven and save me. You will put to shame him who tramples on me. God, send out your steadfast love and your faithfulness. I really had to kind of cry out those words. And I really had to run out, run to him and, and, and think through those things, you know. And it's not easy to do. It was not easy to do or to even think through. And James then goes on to say, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness and let steadfastness have its full effect that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. And if you do kind of a a study on this word steadfast, um, you know, kind of a definition of that is, um, you know, remaining loyal uh, so that when these kind of things come up, these like this, this thing that happened with my daughter, you know, it proves that he is faithful and he's dependable. Um, 
that he is loyal, he is reliable. And God did eventually answer, you know, those prayers that she would be okay. And, you know, I'm going to encourage you to write some of those things down when you're going through the the stuff. Now, again, um, the things that happen in life, the, the trials and tribulations, you need to, again, just run, run to him so that this steadfastness, this loyalness, that you can see that God is loyal to you and that he is dependable. He is reliable. He is always going to be there. And, you know, if you're anything like me, you need to write down the times that God is reliable um, and the times that God has been faithful because I, I forget and I, you know, as I've been reading through um, the Bible this year, that's kind of been on my heart even more is that, you know, you look at Israel and the things that they did, they didn't necessarily have, you know, uh, a whatever. I don't, I'm trying to think of the word. The first thing that comes to my mind is moleskin, um, moleskin book, but that's kind of an old school way of saying, you know, uh, a, a composition book or some sort of journal, I guess. Um, you, we need to write down these things and, and we need to just be reminded that God is um, faithful and steadfast. I have to put it in front of myself. You know, Israel, they didn't necessarily have those writings all the time in, in, in front of them that we do now. And we have that kind of as an advantage. You know, we can write our own things down. We have a little bit more of that, you know, but it's, it's a, it's a good thing to do and to have. Um, anyway, count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds, for you know the testing your face produces steadfastness. And let steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. Verse 5, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God, who gives generously generously to all without reproach, and it will be given him. But let him ask in faith with not doubting. For the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea that is driven and tossed by the wind. For that person must not suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. And from this, this kind of leads me to my second point here. We got to. We must read God's Word daily. We must read God's Word daily. If you aren't a a student of the Bible, you need to start right now, today. Um, And by listening to this podcast, you're doing good. But hopefully, I can spur you a little bit to actually read your Bible every day. We're kind of marinating in this anti-Christian sewage um, every day, you know, there's things that are always after us that eat up my time. And I, I, you know, full confession here. I'm, I'm, I'm even this morning, uh, before I, I read my Bible, I got kind of trapped in the, uh, TikToks that are never satisfying at all. You know, they're never that funny. Sometimes they are, but it's not like, you know, you just get we just get ate up in in the sense that we don't, it eats up my time. I, I can sit there for hours endlessly scrolling over stupid things that don't mean anything or don't matter at all. And it just, it, the only way we can get away from those things that entangle us is um, to kind of set our minds on things above and to read God's word daily. And, you know, here's some verses that kind of just do that. And this is one of the things that for me, I need to, um, 
put before for myself. Blessed is a man who walks. This is Psalm, by the way, Psalm 1, 1 through 3. Blessed is a man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seats of scoffers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. And on his law, he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season and its leaf does not wither in all that he does prospers. All that he does prospers. I mean, if you haven't memorized this verse yet, you absolutely need to, because we need to be meditating day and night on his word, which means just thinking about putting it before us. That way, you know, when when the trials come up, right? And again, I know that James would have seen these things. Here's Joshua uh, Joshua 1 8, the book of the law says, uh, the book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Um, Psalms 119, 9 through 16 says, How can a young man keep his way pure? By guarding according to your word. With my whole heart, I will seek you. Let me not wander from your commandments. I have stored up your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Blessed are you, O Lord. Teach me your statutes. With my lips, I will declare all the rules of your mouth. In your in the way of your testimonies, I delight as much as in all riches. I will meditate on your precepts and fix my eyes on your ways. I will delight on in your statutes. I will not forget your word. Just in Colossians 3, 1 through 4 says, If then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is at, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on the earth, for you have died, and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you will also appear with Him in glory. Okay, and there's lots of other verses to consider here. Psalms 119, 46 through 47, Psalms 81, Psalms 89 through 97. Um, these, are, these are all verses in Psalms 119, 97 through 104, 114 through 115, 120, 165, all in uh, Psalms 119. And, you know, here's some kind of practical steps to be able to do that. You got to make it a habit every day. It has to be an everyday habit. Um, we all have time and can build and find time to be able to do this. So you need to make it a habit, whether it's five minutes, whether it's half an hour. I mean, I'm going to encourage you to start with just even a little bit of the, the Bible app that you have on your phones or, you know, whatever it takes. Um, you just need to find that time. You will feel less stress. I know that for me, I personally feel less stress and learn more about God as I read uh, his word. The second thing is you need to pick a time that's relevant to your life. So that's before bed or get up early. And nobody likes to lose sleep. I, I like to sleep eight hours a day um, or, or more if I can sometimes, especially with kids. You know, they don't let you do that a whole lot. So when I get a chance to sleep, I like to. Uh, if you're anything like me, you'll relate to that. But I, so what I do is I, I'll, uh, at this point, I'm able to get up early and spend my time in God's word and, and reading that. And sometimes that doesn't always happen. Like I told you earlier, you, you know, I get caught up in the stupid 
Facebook or um, which I guess that tells you how old I really am, right? In <laughs> uh, and, and or uh, you know TikTok and those short little videos. So, but you got to make a commitment to be able to do that. Um, so you have to pick a time that's relevant to your life. The third thing is use the Bible app if that helps. That's personally what I do. Uh, kind of keeps track uh, of the days that you've been doing it, how long you've been reading, and you know, like they they give you just that quick little blurb uh, on that home screen, you know, they give you just, a, you know, one or two verses. And then if you want to listen to somebody, a two to five minute reflection on what they think, do that. Or just grab out your Bible. There's something to be said about grabbing out your Bible and highlighting it and writing notes in the margins, which I know is kind of antiquated anymore, but you could do that even on the, the Bible app. Okay. Um, and then the fourth thing that I'm going to suggest to you is to read your Bible in its entirety every year. Now, I'm going to tell you, I've never done this until starting uh, September of this last year, but I'll tell you that, and you know, you don't, you don't know who I am and you don't know really anything. And I'm just kind of like a, a voice on a, uh, on this app that you're listening to right now, but I've been a Christian for a long time. Uh, I've been a Christian since I was a young kid. God just kind of put his hand on me and has been with me the whole time. I didn't grow up in a Christian home for the majority of my life, but God was always with me and always did things. And I will say this, that I did go to Bible college and I did do the Christian things. I would, I guess, identify myself as kind of more growing up fundamental in how to do things. But even then, as a fundamentalist, I never did read my Bible entirely. It doesn't mean that I didn't read my Bible growing up as a kid and, and as a young adult, but I never really read it from cover to cover. I would just be like, eh, I'm going to pick, you know, something to read today. Um, and that there's nothing wrong with that, but I'm going to suggest, and the only reason I'm saying this now as uh, a 43-year-old dude, is that it has been the most impactful thing for me this past year since I've made that commitment to do, um, to read my Bible in its entirety. You know, it's it's important yeah, uh, for us to do. And I, I just am learning more and more about God and who he is and how this all kind of relates and works together. I'm getting close to my time here. And so I'm going to just kind of be fast about this. But the next thing that we need to do, kind of my third point, my final point here uh, is that we, we, we got to seek God and we need to pray, right? Again, some practical points to be able to do this, but we need to make it a habit every day. You spend five minutes talking to your God. You're not going to be able to build any relationships with anybody if you don't talk to them, if you don't text them, if you don't do anything like that. You know, just an example of this is a friend that I had when I was in college and going to Bible college. We were pretty close. Um, this guy named Stephen, good dude. We we hung out all the time. We drank lots of Slurpees and ate lots of Tillamook pepperoni up in Canada, played football. Um, on video games and just hung out and did lots of really cool things. Um, but once I left Canada, that was, that was it. There was no real contact since, since 2006 when I graduated. Um, so I don't know <laughs> him anymore. You know, we're coming up, you know, close to 20 years that I, I haven't seen him or really talked to him. I think I talked to him maybe once, even on social media. It's just not something that we've done. You know, and that's okay to do, but you're not going to be able to build a relationship with God if you don't talk to him. So make that a habit every day. The second thing is pick a time that's relevant to you in your life. Mm, is there a thing going on here? Is that before bed or are you going to get up early? 
you know, you, you only you know your time and you got to carve that time out. So be willing to carve that time out. And, and don't just say, oh, yeah, Chris, I'm going to carve out the time. Actually do it. Carve out that time because it is important and you need to find out whenever is relevant for your life. So for the you kids who uh, are not organized, get organized. Take the time to do it and figure out how to get up early, even if you're on the toilet. You know, there's nothing wrong with squatting and praying. I do it all the time. You know, maybe you're washing the dishes at home, mom and um, or dad, and, you know, whatever. You're vacuuming. You have that time. Just take a second. Say, God, I hate vacuuming, but I love you. You know, I hate doing these dishes. And, you know, for my family, the thing we hate to do is we hate doing laundry so much. We hate, you know, washing it and putting it on there because, you know, there's four of us and we have a ton of clothes and it seems like it never ends. It's the never-ending story of our our life, the laundry pile. But it's a good opportunity to just, while I'm folding these stinking clothes that I don't want to fold and I don't want to have to deal with, I just want to throw them into my drawer like an old bachelor does, um, but I'm not savage anymore, um, you know, to, to, to pray. It's a good thing to do. You need to talk to your God. You need to do that. Okay. And then you need to, for me, you should write down your prayers. Um, you can either write them down in an app. I use, I have an iPhone, and so I just use the notes that I have there. And I, I keep track of how God is answering those prayers. And that might sound silly, but I think it's important to keep those things in front of me so that I can be reminded, especially when these trials happen, of the goodness of God, that even when I don't get an answer I want, that it's okay, you know? My wife and I were praying for a long time for our son to be born. We, for seven years, needed him, wanted him, and were desiring him. And so, you know, we, we, we prayed for seven years for that to happen. God finally answered that. And he's also an example of, that I get to see every day. You know, so I'll provide, you know, a couple of examples here. Let me I'll pull it up on my app here because I have my app in front of me. Some things, some answered prayers that God has done for my wife and I. So I can't even remember them right now. That's why I have to have them, you know. Um, on one twenty-six of this last year, my wife had a cough that wouldn't go away. And I just kept praying that God would take it away. And he did. You know, um, here's another one that happened uh, back in 20, uh, June of 22. We needed some money to get to uh, Montana. <laughs> and a check Oh, from Costco came in, right? You know, those check. I didn't expect it to come in. I, we didn't have a way to get there. It was 240 bucks. Um, and that was enough money for us to be able to do that. You know, from things to like God helping me pay bills. Um, you know, I have a friend who was struggling with an addiction and, you know, since February of this year, she's been sober and that's, that's awesome. Just hearing that. Yes safe travels, you know, stupid things that I can't necessarily remember. I Even little things like tax money that, that comes in, you know, uh, that's super important <laughs> to, to have that when you live paycheck to paycheck. You know, sometimes uh, I didn't have enough money to fill my gas tank and, you know, God would give me that even though, you know, he'd give me money to be able to do that. I don't know, just throwing all of these things out there so some of the ones that I have written down have a whole journal actually going right now of, of those things as well. And um, anyway, I'm I'm pretty much well over my time. 
friends. And so I just uh, apologize, first of all, but thank you for sticking with me in this. And I'm just going to leave you with this uh, from First Thessalonians. Uh, Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God and Jesus Christ for you. Do not quench the spirit, do not despise prophecies, but test everything. Hold fast what is good, abstain from every part of evil. And just, we'll get back into James here shortly. Thank you all. I hope you have a good day. I hope you feel blessed. Thank you for listening to Pickled Parables. If you enjoyed this message, please rate us, subscribe, and share with your friends. If you're interested in more things like this, check out our secondary podcast called My Dusty Bible. To stay up to date with all things Parable, follow us on Instagram at parable underscore ministries and visit our website at parableministries.com. Parable is a volunteer organization, and we would deeply appreciate your prayers. Thank you for joining us today. We'll catch you later.